Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and today I have a short and not-so-sweet episode planned for you where I make you think twice about donating to charity. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host. All right, so I have been wanting to make this episode for quite a while, but I decided to publish this now before we get into the three-month mega-holiday season of Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. As we get closer to especially those last two, we start to see advertisements for the season of giving. My goal for this episode is to have you think for a moment or two before telling your cashier, yes, I'd like to round up my purchase to donate to your cause. So let's talk about the road to financial independence that nobody wants to talk about. Starting a charity. Now, I need to preemptively say here that I'm telling you all of this is a joke, and I'm not actually telling you to go start a charity. Let's run through the process. If you're scummy enough that you want to do this, well, let's go through the steps. First, all you got to do is think of a mission, like let's say providing shelter to homeless horses. Once you do that, you're going to need to file some forms and legally create your nonprofit organization. This is very important because if we can meet the definition for a nonprofit organization, which is defined in Section 501c3 of the U.S. tax code, then we don't have to pay taxes. Now remember, kids, when you aren't paying taxes, that leaves a bunch more money in your charity that we could divert into your pockets. So once we have all of that paperwork out of the way, we need to raise money. You could start a GoFundMe, talk to friends and neighbors, do Facebook ads, pay a marketing company to send out direct mail, or get volunteers to go door to door. The sky is the limit here. You can do whatever you want to do to raise money. Do you want to run a charity dinner? Absolutely. A raffle? Go for it. Once you've got that money coming in, well, you've done a lot of work, haven't you? Well, you need to go ahead and officially appoint yourself as the CEO of your nonprofit. And like any CEO, you get to earn the big bucks. Well, how much is big bucks, you might be asking? Well, it's whatever you want. Did you bring in a million dollars to your charity? Well, that must have taken a lot of work, so $250,000 a year sounds fair. Did you bring in more money than you expected? Nice. Have a $50,000 bonus. You're the CEO. Go for it. But hold on. There is a slight issue. All charities and nonprofits in the U.S. are required to file IRS Form 990. This form forces you to publish your financials in an easy way for people to understand, and the IRS is going to make this form public so that anyone who knows where to find the IRS search engine, link in the description below, can find your financials. So this can really be an issue. If you publish this public document that says you brought in a million dollars and paid out 25% of it to yourself, Someone just might call the press and try to get you in trouble. So how do we get around this? Well, say you didn't just want the money and you wanted a new car or to upgrade your house. Well, no worries there, champ. Just get the charity to buy that car and house for you in the name of the charity. If you do it this way, the expense goes into the general expenses category and not the salary category. And once you do that, you can even pay yourself less money and not get in trouble with the media or general public. You've got that house and car paid for, so why do you need to pay yourself the extra salary? 
Okay, but let's get real here. Maybe the charity is doing really well. Maybe you're bringing in multiple millions of dollars per year and you are sick and tired of your mediocre $500,000 a year plus a car and house. Could you maybe charter a jet and fly your friends out to the Bahamas on the charity's dime and write it off as an operational expense to the charity? Well, yes, you can. Just say that you are trying to get donations out of your friends and you can call it a fundraising expense. But hold on. Maybe you don't just want the trips and the cars and the houses paid for by the charity. Maybe what you really want, from the bottom of your heart, is cash money. Could you potentially use the fact that many charities hire marketing firms to mail out advertisements or even call people asking for donations to help you on your quest? Hmm, could you potentially start a for-profit marketing business and use your power as CEO of the charity to hire your own marketing firm to fundraise for the charity at an absurdly high price? Well, you bet your sweet ass you could. But wait, 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 wait. This, this wasn't supposed to be about the money. We have homeless horses out there that need homes, and by law, we have to do something charitable with this money. So you may think to yourself, could I buy a horse, put it in my backyard, and then use the charity's resources to build a barn in my backyard to house this homeless horse? Well, I would say that that is how you think like a philanthropist. <laughs> okay, okay, for real, I'm done. A few disclaimers. Not all charities do this. Everything I just described is morally bankrupt, absurd, and can actually happen. Is the situation I described legal? Well... First, I need to say that I'm not a lawyer, but there's a lot of gray area here. Obviously, my own descriptions of this were very blatant, but with a shady enough lawyer and accountant and not going to absurd levels like I described, even if it is illegal, you can probably avoid getting into a lot of serious trouble. Let's talk about charities on a more real-life level. Don't get me wrong here, I am not anti-charity. But why do you give to charity? To help the less fortunate? to support a cause that you're passionate about? Well, if that's the case, then you should definitely donate. However, the fact of the matter is, when it comes to charities, not every dollar that you give goes to support your cause. With that being understood, this now turns into a question of efficiency. Even though the charity is not a for-profit business, it is still an organization. And that organization has a CEO, employees, buildings, vehicles, etc., etc., so when you donate to a charity, yes, you are helping support that cause, but you got to keep in mind that a portion of your money is going towards keeping the charity running. Now, this is perfectly reasonable, but what if I told you that there are charities out there where barely 10% of the money they receive actually goes to support the cause? Would you change your mind with regard to who you're going to donate to? Again, I feel the need to emphasize here that just because a charity might be inefficient doesn't mean you shouldn't donate to them. However, I want you to donate with your eyes wide open, because if you're donating to Charity A, which only 5% of your money actually does something, versus Charity B, where the number is over 75%, wouldn't you rather know, and wouldn't you rather donate to Charity B? What we're talking about here is literally the ratio of, for every dollar someone donates, how much of the world actually gets changed. If the charity Find the Kids receives a million dollars, how many billboards actually get put up with kids' faces to help them get found? Or if money gets donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, how many wishes actually get granted? 
to make things a little easier for you the next time you want to donate to a good cause, I've included three main links in the description below. The first is an article which organizes a very large list of charities by cause, and for each cause shows some of the best and some of the worst charities. The second link is an article that is a list of the top 50 worst charities to donate to. These are charities where 10 or maybe even 5% of the money that gets donated actually goes to support the cause, and the rest sort of goes to not that. I don't want to be accusatory, but, you know, that money's not going to where you'd like it to go. Remember that even some of the worst charities have good-sounding names. This is done on purpose to get people to donate, so don't be distracted just because something is named very well. The third link I've included in the description is a link to the IRS lookup tool, which will allow you to pull up the IRS Form 990 for any charity based in the U.S. Make sure you use these to your advantage, and you're donating the charities that will actually do something with the money you're giving them. I hope that this episode was entertaining, and maybe even a little informative. The next two episodes are likely going to be quite a bit controversial, as we are going to be tackling the reverse mortgage. I've been Alex, your host, and happy donating. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.